claiming reality. You all want to talk about it? Let's talk about it. But this is going to be part two of the right versus real saga by me, your boy Charles. I want to make something very clear. Christ is supreme. His ways are supreme. They're above ours. By supreme, I mean that his ways go above your ways. You don't just let, you don't compromise what Christ says, how he says to command, the way that he says to live for your own way and call it authenticity. And I clearly didn't make that point and t clear enough last time. There is a right way to do things. That's in the Bible. Some of you took what I said to mean, you know, if it's not about being right and it's about being authentic, then I can do whatever I want and then God's going to change me from the inside. Well, God has the power to change you from the inside like that. He's oftentimes a gentleman. And by that, I mean he's not going to force you to change. Now, all of you people who are going to just say, yep, I'm going to do whatever I want now and then go about doing the things because I can because Jesus is going to change me whenever I want him to change me and blah, blah, blah. Listen, you turd-sniffing, knuckle-dragging, poop-stacking people. I'm trying not to cuss on this podcast. I'm not. Which is a struggle for me, okay? But you can't just put Christ on the background and do whatever you want to do. And then expect him to just be like, all right, bro, come on back. We're going to come back to the house. There's a scripture, actually, that writes this out very clearly. It is Romans 6, chapter, or verse 1. And I will read it for you. It says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. I'm going to put that in modern day Charles terms. Should we keep on sinning because we can? So that he can prove himself graceful and loving? No, that's called abusive. You're the worst kind of person. You are. If you think that you can just take a gift from somebody, grace, when someone's trying to love you and just spit in their face and do whatever you want to do. Listen, you are the worst. Boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, son, daughter, mother, father, anything. You are, listen... You're a terrible, terrible person. I'm, I'm not afraid to say that on the line. Listen, if you are a husband, imagine I had a wife. Imagine I had a wife. And there are certain things I could do with her that she would love. There are certain things that you can no longer do. And we don't get to compromise on those things. If I get into a marriage with somebody and turn around and be like, you know what, baby? I think I'm going to go sleep with the neighbor I'm willing to bet money that's not going to fly very well. And if we are in a relationship with God, why is that all of a sudden exclusive? Why do you think all of a sudden that, why is it that we think all of a sudden, you know what, he's God, he's perfectly forgiving and loving. He's like a shepherd and I'm like a sheep and he will chase me down for I am the one of the 99. Listen, Take your pride, take your ego, take everything, put it in a bag, lay it out in the middle of the street, slam it with a bat, and then light it on fire. That's crap. It is crap. You can't abuse God's grace. Because that, in the only way of doing that, by proving yourself, 
to be the one to abuse the grace of God, you prove yourself to be unloving. I'm not sure if you want that on your conscience, but I don't want that on mine. And I should have made that more clear, and I apologize. In the first video, yes, you have to have a heart that is postured to God. And he will change you for the inside if you let him. You don't get to it by fighting for it and striving after him. Caveat, you don't get to just willy-nilly go to the club, lay with eight people, show up, throw $8 in the offering plate, and expect everything to be good. It's not how it works. That's not a real relationship. He's not your maitre d'. He's not your genie. And he's not definitely ain't Santa Claus. But he loves you. So if you're willing to be in a real relationship with him, then that will manifest. Now that wasn't the point of this video. The point of this video was why I do not like worship in America. And this will probably be mostly a response to the group discussion that will be coming out around the same time as this video. I don't like, I don't like worship in America. And I did worship. I led worship for almost 10 years. And I do not like worship in America. I'm going to give you two stories. The first, we were at in college and there was a group of us who would lead worship from time to time in the chapel. And there was one person in particular who made it a point to say that we had to sound a certain way every time, which really meant that we would just tune ourselves to her and she would do, it would be her show, honestly, and she would do great. And she was a good singer, you know, decent, <clears throat> but it was all about her and I didn't like that. I hated that actually. I hated working with her and she ended up alienating a lot of people in the chapel and a lot of people on the praise team and a lot of people didn't come back to the praise team because of her. Sorry if, if you end up hearing this, it's just the truth. Um, but I do not like when people who do worship make things about themselves. This is not your big break. This is not your opportunity to become a star. This, this, if you're watching the video or listening to the podcast, this is not my opportunity to have a big break. It's not. This is not about me. And guess what else? It's not about you. It's not. It's not about any of us. It's a, truthfully, this is what this is about. I hope that everybody who hears this or sees this video takes a, takes a moment to listen to what I say and then thinks, maybe I should investigate this Jesus guy. Maybe I should figure out what the gospel really means. That's ultimately what it's about. And if you don't remember my name, which I kind of hope that you don't, or you don't remember these videos, I don't really care. But if you gain Jesus... You could take whatever you want. I don't, I, it doesn't matter to me. I don't need money for this. I don't need notoriety. I don't need fame. I need you to know Jesus because he's the one who's ultimately going to change your life. Not me, not Hill songs, not Joel Olstein, not anybody else. No one's going to change your life like Christ can. No one can change your life, period. Except for you choosing to pursue and get into right relationship with Christ. Anyway, so I don't like that. I don't like the worship where people 
make things all about them and it becomes a show and you end up singing these songs that really don't mean anything, you know, and the hurting and the pressing, you're making new wine out of me. That doesn't even make sense. Not that I'm calling out Hill songs by any means because they'll probably send someone to my house to whack me, but there, that makes no sense. God's stomping on you like a grape. Does that sound like the character of God? Or this one where it was like, Your Righteous Mind Now by somebody in incorporation. That's also a lie. That's the law of attraction and a gospel song, which is an oxymoron in and of itself. Or there's another one that is, um, The Lord Will Never Give You More Than You Can Bear, which is also straight up heretical and it is not in the Bible anywhere. And we sing these songs all the time, you know, and oftentimes we get it confused and we sing these songs as if, you know, we just want to listen to some music at church, you know. Now, there is a dopamine reaction that happens when you sing. There is a bond that is formed between people. And this is scientific. We got it from my church here in the South Bay. Um, when you sing with people, there is a bond that is made. There is a, a reaction in your brain that causes you to feel the elation. And that's cool. Don't get me wrong. That's super cool. Um, and there's value to singing. And there's value to singing corporately. But I am not of the mindset. And I disagree wholeheartedly with the concept of just singing a song because you like it in church which leads me to my second point there's a song um by imagine dragons called demons you know if you feel my heat look into my eyes it's where my demons hide that one um and we were sitting in church in colorado uh this little church outside of denver and we sang demons by imagine dragons in church who does that when did that become okay who thought you know what you know what i want to sing demons in church because it's a pop song that you know the kids are singing nowadays and there was somebody else who had to look at this man and be like, you know what, man, that's a good idea. Let's sing demons to Jesus. <laughs> and I don't think the song necessarily in and of itself is super heretical, um, which is kind of odd for me to say. But come on, dude, really? Are you singing it? Let's be honest. Let's just be plainly and openly honest. Of all the songs you could sing, you pick that one, Really? Bruh. Listen, I can name 10 to 15 songs I could pick, like, off the top of my head, which are good songs. My Redeemer Lives, you know. Um, Blessings by Laura Story. Any hymn at all. The majority of the Jeremy Camp songs. Because these are songs that have a meaning. They have nature. They have something that you can hold on to. Alright. I remember... When I was a younger man, I was like, I don't know, 10 to 12. My mom had cancer at the time. Um, and the Lord delivered her from cancer, which is a blessing. Good gracious, it's a blessing. 
And one of the most impactful images I have of my mother, and it actually kind of makes me emotional, so forgive me, was when she was sitting on a balcony at my the home I grew up in. My little brother and I noticed that there was someone sitting out there. And we went out to see her. And she was sitting with her Bible open and a stack, a stack of Bible verses that she was just flashing to memorize, you know. And I remember around that time hearing the song, How He Loves, by, I think it was John Mark McMillan. And that song resonating with me, like on a core level, into my bones, right? Because at this point, you're seeing your mother, who at this point, most of us at the age of 10, really love our moms. Um, majority. And I couldn't imagine her of doing, any, doing anything to deserve cancer. I deserve to have suffered the way that she did. Um, caveat. When I remember hearing that song and thinking, how could God love us when I see such an innocent person? being suffering so badly and now when I hear that song it holds a lot more weight to me it means more because in the worst of times when you are actually struggling and going through hell he still loves you and he's jealous for you now that means a lot more to me that song holds weight right Right. But some of these other songs, they're just, let's be honest, they're pop songs with a splash of religiosity in the mix. And that's, let's be, this is going to get me kicked out of something. Let's be honest too, they do that only because Christian music has a corner on the market. Christians don't want to listen to worldly music, so they listen to the same type of music with essentially the same message but it has a slight inkling of Christianity in it. And we sing those songs in the churches, and we make the worship service before church sound like a concert, completely just getting into our own feelings and giving this person on the stage the opportunity to prove that they're worthy of a record deal and completely missing out on the fact that it was never about you. It was never about me. It was about Jesus. And if you're, listen, this goes to everything. If this is your pastor preaching, if it's your podcast speaking, if it is your songs that you are singing, and it has nothing to do with Jesus or the gospel or what he did for you, you need to do one thing. Shut up. That's why I don't like worship today. It's gotten to the point where it is entirely too self-centered. And I detest that. Now I can still get with some come thou fount of every blessing and it is well with my soul till I am blue in the face. But those songs remind me of the Savior. And it's not just here to tickle my ears. That's why I have problems with worship today, if I'm being honest. I don't need your sweet nothings. I can go to the world for sweet nothings. But the world can never give me Jesus. 
This has been Reclaiming Reality. We'll talk to you all next time.